The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another podcast. Um, Here is another Bible talk for you, and this is the last one in a series, um, a series that I've done for staff at the school that I work at um, as part of our professional development week. Um, The series is called For Our Sins because we have thought together about what do we really mean when we say that Jesus came and he died on the cross for our sins. Well, today I zoom in on the big idea that Jesus came to die on our sins because he is the one who brings reconciliation for us. Um, It's through Jesus that we get brought back into relationship with God again. This is something that we get to uh, celebrate and to enjoy and praise God for. But actually, it's also a ministry that we partner in. We partner in the ministry of reconciliation. I hope you enjoy this next part. And in fact, I hope you've enjoyed this little series of four talks uh, on Jesus dying for our sins and what that actually means. Um, If you've got a question or if you want to contribute to some of the conversation, uh, drop me a line. Um, You can either leave a message on the Anchor app or contact me on Twitter. uh, And I'd love to uh, hear from you and to continue to think together with you about these wonderful truths in the Bible. Anyway, here we go. Um, The next talk, uh, talk number four. Jesus died for our sins to bring reconciliation. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our last uh, Bible study on this theme called For Our Sins. Um, To start off today, uh, I'm going to jump straight into a Bible reading from Genesis chapter 3. So uh, open up your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. I haven't printed that for you there, but um, even if it's a familiar reading, I want to encourage you to have it open with you um, as we look at it this morning. So Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and so I hid. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? 
The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and so I ate. So the Lord God said to the woman, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly, and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. To the woman he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband, and he will rule over you. To Adam he said, Because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Adam named his wife Eve because, because she would become the mother of all the living. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and Eve, his wife, and clothed them. And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he'd been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. Here's this moment of the Bible, right? Like it's, it's so familiar to us, Genesis chapter 3, the fall of man. Uh, and it's this f familiar moment and terrifying moment really where everything just goes wrong. Uh, we know the story very well about this moment where humans completely disregard the word of truth and the word of life from God and instead they choose to believe the lie. And so as a result, they receive the curse of death. It's in this one moment here in Genesis chapter 3 where we see sin enter creation. And we see sin affect humanity. And so together, all of creation, all of humanity become unfit for the holy presence of God. Did you see that? That's what happens there at the end of Genesis chapter 3. Have a look again at verses 22 to 24 of chapter 3. And notice the separation from God and how the way to life is completely cut off. You see that the tree where that is in the garden, the way to that tree is denied. You see there that humans are banished from the garden and God's presence. And we actually see, see the language, I've been struck by the language as I've thought about this, that humans are driven out from the garden. It's not that God sort of says, all right, now Adam and Eve, would you please care to leave quietly? There's the door. Now they're, they're driven out. It reminds me of like a, like a stockman on his horse cracking the whip and, and getting, getting cattle out of, out of a place and driving them forward. And we notice here that humans are driven out from the garden. We also notice at the end there that there's a warrior angel that is left in place to guard the gates of Eden. As well as that, there's this wicked flaming sword. How cool is it? But it's terrifying at the same time, right? This flaming sword that, that flashes back and forth. Like as I think about that, I think about, do you remember the old Prince of Persia on the old Macintosh computers? I remember those as a kid and seeing those swords that flash backwards and forwards and the poor old prince getting just axed on those. That, this reminds me of that moment. We've got this sword that flashes back and forward. 
stopping Adam and Eve, stopping anyone from getting to the garden, from getting to God. And so as we see this part of the Bible, we see this tragic tale where access to God is completely denied, where relationship with him is ruined. And so we see that humans are left estranged from God. They're completely helpless as well to solve the problem, to overcome their curse alone. And we see that they're left deserving of God's wrath. That's death. However, as we see Genesis chapter 3, hopefully you remember what we've been reminded about this week. Uh, We've been reminded this week of the incredible work of Jesus, haven't we? The most amazing work, actually, I think, that the world has ever seen. Um, This week, uh, we have read about how Jesus came to be our willing and perfect sacrifice for sin. And so he is our Passover lamb. Uh, We have seen how Jesus became man, fully taking on the identity as a man. And so being found as a human and being like us in every way, Jesus was able to come to be our kinsman redeemer. It was by his costly work on the cross that Jesus is able to redeem us and so now we belong to God. As our atoning sacrifice, we discovered that Jesus has taken the punishment that we deserved and so God's anger is turned away from us. We've seen how wrath is removed in place of grace and so now we stand justified before God, just as if I'd never sinned. Although we have quarreled with God and we've been out of relationship with God, the cause of our quarrel has been removed because sin has been paid for in the death of Jesus. The curse is gone. This curse that we read about in Genesis 3 is over. Finally, because of Jesus, we have been brought back into relationship with God again. And the word that we use to describe that bring back Um, that being brought back into relationship with God again is the word reconciliation. And that's the focus of our Bible talk today. Jesus came and he died on the cross to to make us reconciled with God. And that's what we are. We are reconciled because of Jesus. In fact, this is the ministry of Jesus to us uh, as Jesus is our mediator, the Bible says. Uh, In 1 Timothy Um, I've got it there on your handout in chapter 2, verse 5. Paul sums up for us uh, what Jesus has done by saying about him that there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. Now, as people who work in a school, we know all about mediation, don't we? I'm looking at you kindergarten teachers. Uh, We know exactly what mediation is. Um, We have to mediate between students all the time. He stole my cookie. She's sitting in my seat. That's my spot on the mat. And they're having a wrestle and we jump in between and we mediate for them. But also maybe we know that as people that work in a professional setting like ours, that maybe we also know that we need to mediate between one another from time to time, don't we? And maybe if you're honest as well, from time to time, you would actually probably appreciate if somebody would mediate for you sometimes, that they will come in as a go-between to settle a quarrel, to restore your relationship together. Well, the beautiful message of the gospel is that Jesus Christ has come and he has come to be our mediator, that he is the go-between who brings us together with God. Because the Bible tells us that we are alienated from God without Jesus. 
The Bible has told us that, that we are estranged from God without Jesus. Or even to say that we are at war with God without Jesus. Now, normally a mediator would have links with both sides in order to identify with and also to maintain the interests of both parties and to represent each party to the other on the basis of goodwill. And so in the Bible, we see how Moses um, is actually the mediator for God's people, that he is the mediator between God and Israel. Um, he is the one who spoke to Israel on God's behalf. So think back to when God gave the law to God's people. And so we see that in Exodus 20, verse 18 to 21. Um, or when um, Moses also went and he spoke to God on Israel's behalf for times when Israel had sinned. So you see that in Exodus 32 to 33. And so this ministry of Moses as the mediator is, is the same sort of ministry that Jesus actually has to us too. Jesus comes as our mediator, the one who dies for us and our sin. And so therefore he is our go-between, the one who makes things right again between us and God so that we would be reconciled to God again. We would be back in relationship with him. And so we have peace with God because of Jesus. We have peace with God because of Jesus' death, because through Jesus' death, the enmity with God is removed. We are, we are, the, the sin consequence is gone. And so we are able to be brought back into relationship with God because the curse of our quarrel with God is gone. Sin has been paid for by Jesus completely when he died on the cross. Flick over to your New Testament and look at Romans um, chapter 5. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 to 11 is what we'll look at. Romans 5, 6 to 11. Romans 5, 6 to 11 it says, You see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more? Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. What an incredible reading, right? It's a, it's a, it's a common one. It's a familiar one. There's crack, some cracking uh, memory verses there, aren't there? But you notice there that at just the right time, Paul says in verse 6, Christ died for us. Christ died for us, the ungodly, the, the powerless sinners, verse 8. That's who he died for. That's who Jesus came for. We desperately needed him, didn't we? We were God's enemies, Paul reminds us. How amazing that because of God's great love that's demonstrated for us in Jesus dying for us, that we can be reconciled, that, that we can be brought back to God in relationship with him. Through Jesus, God's wrath has been fully absorbed. It's been completely quenched. In mercy, God the angry judge, Romans reminds us, God the angry judge has sent his son into the world 
to bring about the needed reconciliation. As I was reading about this, I, I stumbled across these words um, in J.I. Packer's book called Concise Theology. Um, and he quotes uh, Calvin and adds a little bit on the end. And he says that Calvin sums up this idea beautifully by saying, in an inconceivable way, God loved us even when he hated us. Just dwell on that for a moment, that in an inconceivable way, God loved us even when he hated us. And then J.R. Packer continues and says, and his gift to us of the Son as our sin bearer was the fruit of his love. How good is that? It's because of Jesus that humans are back with God again. And our confidence, therefore, is that we will be fully reconciled, verse 10 says. We will be fully reconciled and saved because of Jesus. I hope you can feel the weight of this. I hope you celebrate exactly what Jesus has done for you when he died on the cross. And so as we continue to think about this, flick over in your Bible again um, to Colossians chapter 1. Um, Colossians chapter 1, um, we're going to read verse 15, and then I'm going to jump across and continue on reading from verse 19. Um, Colossians chapter 1, I've actually got it there on your handout as well for you. Um, it says, verse 15, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were, enemy, or you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation if you continue in your faith, established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel you have heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. We were alienated, alone, not we little creatures from space, but while we were separated from God and his enemies because of our evil behavior, Paul writes, Jesus came. Paul reminds us that Jesus has come and Jesus has reconciled us again to God. And this is what we mean when we say that Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus came and he died on the cross for us so that he would be our mediator who would bring us reconciliation. Again, feel the weight of what Jesus has done for you. That, uh, that he has loved you so much to have sent Jesus for you. This is incredible news. But at the same time, please be stirred up to be active in light of this. See, reconciliation should make us move so that we would continue in our faith. So, yes, peace has been made and we have gone from deserving God's wrath to now receiving God's grace. But we must remember that we have been reconciled with God so that we would be presented to God one day fully 
as holy and without blemish and without accusation. But Colossians says that that happens if we continue in our faith. Yes, we've been reconciled, but we must continue in these things. So we need to understand that, yes, we have reconciliation with God. And so therefore we need to be in relationship with God. We have a relationship to continue in, don't we? So we ought to actively pursue our relationship with God this day. Every day. We need to continue in Him. Continue in our reconciled relationship by listening to His Word. Read the Bible every day. Five minutes probably isn't going to cut it every single day. Let's get stuck into God's Word. Let's think about what God is saying to us so we know how to live His holy way. We also need to trust in Him. Trust in Him as we pray. And we need to continue to partner with him as we proclaim that Jesus is the saviour who died. In fact, as we think about this partnering idea, that we've got to remember that this, is, um, that, that this proclaiming of the message of Jesus is actually a ministry that we share with all those people who have been reconciled. Um, have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 your Bibles, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and thinking about that, yes, we have been reconciled, but we have a ministry together of reconciliation. So um, chapter 5, verse 17 uh, to 21, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to him through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And though God, as though God were making his appeal through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Do you see there how um, for those who have been reconciled, that we have a ministry of reconciliation? We have a message of reconciliation to share, that to share with others that in Christ our sin has been absorbed. It's gone and so we are able to be right with God again and we're able to be back in relationship with Him. This is a message not simply to believe in our hearts and to hold personal and dear and precious to ourselves, but this is a message that we need to proclaim as Christ's ambassadors to anyone and everyone else. Rather than believe this stuff and just sit back in our laurels and do nothing, we've got to believe this and tell others what we confidently know. That is, that Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins and to reconcile us to God. And so, as we apply this, simply we just got to think, are we doing this here at Broughton? Are we taking the opportunity to preach reconciliation? We all have freedom in our school, you know. In this school at Broughton Anglican College, we have freedom to teach about the reconciliation that comes through Jesus' death on the cross. And all of you here, everyone who is a staff member here, is part of this active ministry. And this is a ministry that ought to be eagerly pursued. And, and as I reflected on this, I, I give thanks to God because 
historically, Broughton has been a place where the gospel has permeated everything that we do. We have been great integrators of the gospel in so many ways. And and this integration of the gospel in our school is because of faithful Christian people who have been motivated by the gospel so as to open their mouths and share the reconciliation that comes through Jesus Christ. It just doesn't happen. It's got to be actively pursued. People have stepped up here in ministry at Broughton to talk about Jesus. That's how people know about Jesus here, because people are active in ministry. So as I talk about this, as I think about this, I'm, I'm thinking and talking about those times when, particularly when the gospel is shared in a special assembly up on the front at stage. But I'm also thinking about when our kindy choir when our junior school choir or when our senior school choir gets up and they sing this wonderful song, but the song is all about Jesus. And it's all about Jesus rather than some radio hit or even rather than some Aussie classic like Kookaburra Sits in the Old Gum Tree. I'm also talking about that the gospel is preached when a staff member takes the time to pray with or for a Year 12 student as they enter the HSC exam room. Or when someone segues into a gospel conversation by intentionally using a phrase like, Jesus is, what do you think goes in the blank? Or people get to talk about reconciliation or they remind people about the reconciliation of Jesus when a teacher writes into their lesson plan intentionally a a biblical truth to teach in their class as a connection with the content that they're teaching. Or when a staff member makes a meaningful connection in a tough time with a parent and so they're able to share just a really simple Bible verse or pray with them in that moment. Or maybe even when somebody just sits and listens to a troubled young person and then supports them quietly in the background just by praying for them as they get up and they go for their morning walk in the day. Or I'm thinking about the staff member who helps with rage or rage growth groups or does photocopying for a Bible study. Or the person who works quietly in the background of a big Christian mission event so that the the, the mission style thing up front can go about and happen. I could go on, right? But historically, these are the things that have happened here at our school. The Ministry of Reconciliation has been here at this school and it is here in this school because we know that Jesus has come for us. This is the ministry that we share together in our college. We have a wonderful message about Jesus, the Passover lamb, the redeemer, the atoning sacrifice, Jesus, the one through whom comes justification and reconciliation we have learnt today. Notice our ministry together is all about Jesus, the one who died to reconcile us back with God again. And so I want to say, let's continue in this ministry. Don't let COVID stop you today. Let's continue in this ministry today at Broughton for another 35 years. Let's continue to share life through Christ with people. Now, of course, I want to say, um, I want to say that there's more to share about Jesus than, than just his death, right? After all, we could also talk about the resurrection, couldn't we? But let's save learning about the resurrection for another day. Uh, We've just focused on Jesus' death. And so in light of that, I hope that this week, as we've thought about this theme of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, that you've been reminded about just how good, it is, that just how wonderful the message that we believe is. 
Uh, and and as we as you reflect on these things, I really want you to keep in mind that's why our motto is life through Christ. Life through Christ is there on our cross on, on our crest rather, because it is actually what we believe, and it is the thing that we want to hold out to the world. Now, we are here to share what we believe. That is that Jesus died on the cross as our Passover sacrifice. That Jesus did come to be our kinsman redeemer, the one who atones for our sins so that we would be justified and reconciled with God again. What an incredible thing we believe, right? What a wonderful message we have to share. And so as we finish this devotion and as we head out for our day, let's pray that we would be stirred up by these things and um, that we would continue to be reminded about this as we partner together in this ministry of reconciliation. So let's, uh, let's pray. Um, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much um, that while we were alienated and enemies um, to you, that you showed us such amazing love when you sent Jesus for us. Thank you that it's in the Lord Jesus Christ that we are saved, that through his death our sin curse is gone and that we can be reconciled back to you again, no longer estranged, no longer cut off from the way to life, no longer people who are under the curse of sin. Lord, we pray that this message of reconciliation will be on our lips. Lord, please help us to share it. Please help us to be creative as we proclaim Jesus Christ, our God who has died for us and who has saved us. Lord, I pray that you will be with us as we continue in this day, as we, um, as we go through meetings and prepare different lessons and, and all kinds of things in our school, um, uh, and especially as we do it in the face of covid Now, Lord, remind us that we do it because Jesus has come for us. And so, Lord, may we feel motivated this morning to do ministry together here in this place for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at mrkschroeder. Or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that, and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.